Russia has Europe by the balls. Next Friday, the 22nd, will Gazprom's Nord Stream 1 undersea pipeline, which is under summer maintenance, will turn back on like it's supposed to, or will Putin put the squeeze onto all of Europe? That is, that is really impacting uh, Germany, because Germany's, before the sanctions on Russia, Germany was getting 55% of its gas from Russia. Now it's getting 35% before this maintenance shutdown. And boy, is Germany industry ready to collapse? I don't know, but it's going to look ugly. Oh, and speaking about ugly, Wells uh, Fargo's mortgage origination, following the other big banks, Bank of America, Citibank, JP Morgan, they're all getting smaller in a bench sheet. They're going to flip them origination into foreclosure as my uh, Wall Street friends have, have informed me, right? So that, that industry is about to implode, right? Rates are going to go up again. They will to fight inflation because inflation is insane at 9.1% as we know, right? But in China, it's getting a little hairy. 22 cities in China where citizens refuse to pay their mortgages. I will get into that in a minute. That's from Bloomberg News. Very, very interesting. And not to be outdone, though, the United States has got its own problems. You know, the railroads that deliver goods that, you know, we, we don't really see every day because we're, we're busy driving, whatever else. But the entire United States, all 12 unions that are involved in the railroads have, have already called a strike for Monday and could shut down the entire country railroad system. Is that what Biden, World Economic Forum, and Deep State want? You bet. This is what a covert war looks like as it comes to the surface, boils to the surface. So today to break this insanity down, we have AMPS, Sean Morgan, right, from Making Sense of Madness. He's, he's our main guest today. Josh Reed and I, the co-host. We will make sense of this inversion tipping point because it's all going to look ugly soon, fast. Time to take a deep dive on DEFCON 5. Let's roll. First, I'm against violence. Second, I usually wouldn't show a video like this on any of my shows, but I must. If it was at a football game, I could care less. I wouldn't bother to go find it on social media somewhere. Big media won't show this, number one, because it's about vaccines and freedom and health passports. But the bigger reason, those two sides that are fighting, imagine when they realize they've all been poisoned by the bioweapon, all been lied to, have all been bankrupt by the, the financial cabal. When all that happens, they're not going to be fighting each other. They're going to come together. That's why I'm showing this. Expect them to be in line, not loving each other, not hurting each other, but they'll be on the same side, and they're going to go after everybody, the oligarchs, the politicians, 
The corrupt leaders of big corporation, big media, big tech, they're going after everybody. And I wouldn't want to be in their shoes because they're not going to have fun and they won't even be able to live in public. You got bunkers, you better go to them, but the military will find you anyways. Once that's a unified team, it's game over. Deep state. Let's go to video number two. Let's talk about some more insanity. I lived in New York City for 30 years up until last summer. I've never seen anything like that in my life, ever. What is that? You know, we had de Blasio. Remember Mayor de Blasio talking about closing down Rikers Island? But what's that? Why would you close down Rikers Island and have that barge floating around a city, which is like eight, eight or ten stories high? That's not, it's not a contractor's hotel for an offshore platform. By the way, no offshore platforms outside of New York. I know I've been in the business for a long time. So is my family over in Norway. So why is there a prison barge floating around Manhattan somewhere or up, up the river? Why, why, why? I'll tell you why. That's for the quarantine camps. So even though New York State lost in Supreme Court due to Bobby Hancox and a couple of uh, Republican senators in the legislature in New York State, guess what? The AG, uh, James, she is going to try to repeal it, right? Get it overthrown. I don't know what grounds. It's not constitutional, but she, she will try. And I don't expect that bar, the prison bar to go away because guess where the vaccinator are, are going to end up? The unvaccinated, excuse me, or the resistors or anyone like that. It's not, not for the hoodlums that are breaking things. No, no, no. They want to put the smart people who have not masked up, who have not taken a jab, they want to put those people, those innocent people, those freedom-seeking people, the God-fearing people in that prison barge. That's their plan. Don't know if it's going to happen, but you heard it first here. Incredible. So let's go to uh, Bloomberg News for a second, right? Uh, Chinese homebuyers across 22 cities refuse to pay the mortgages. Talk about a protest. Is that not a silent, passive protest? It is to me. But guess what the damage could be? Home loan payment halts. Halts. It will cause $83 billion, billion dollars with a B, bad debt on Chinese Construction Bank, Postal Bank, and IBC, ICBC may have more exposure, you think? But it's not only in the financial world. We got the crypto carnage update. Founders of the bankrupt crypto hedge fund out of Singapore, three euros capital, have gone missing. Wow. And while investors trying to recoup their money, that's interesting. I wonder what kind of loss uh, Singapore has. Oh, that's right. They cane you if you swear or do something you know, ridiculous like that. Interesting to see what happens there. And open I, I, uh, OpenSea.io, that is a NFT, a non-fungible token that's used to, used, used to purchase uh, digital art and things like that. The NFTs, that world's imploding. OpenCIO open is the biggest of them all is laying off 20% of its staff. So the whole world is going inverted in a hurry. Let's go to image number one. Look at that. Gas storage refill appears to have stalled. So you see the flat line at the top of the hill there? Germany is in deep trouble if Putin does not turn on the Nord Stream next Friday. 
That is a huge, huge issue. You want? You think the German farmers are mad now, or the Dutch farmers, or anyone like that? Even even Macron in France has warned people not to turn on your lights and AC this summer. Yeah, it's going to work out well. Let's go to image number two. The railroads. So here's an image of a railroad yard. Let's go to image number three, where you can see how widespread this will be. That is the railroads in the United States that pushes freight everywhere. It's not done on a magic carpet or a blink of an eye or anything like that. It actually has to be moved across country. Sure, there's trucks that move food around and everything else, but it's the railroads that bring a lot of the material to different hubs in which the trucks pick up and then move out. That is how it works. Image number four, Wells Fargo. Look at that implosion. That is the mortgage origination and it's cratering. And it's more sales close to contact, uh, close to contract or not closing and things like that. Let's go to image five. Secret Service deletes, deletes J6 texts. Is this a surprise? So I thought it was just Pelosi and the FBI that were involved in the uh, false flag. Was Trump's Secret Service involved too? If so, is that treason? Wouldn't that be interesting to see who in Secret Service might be grilled and or arrested at some point? Let's go to image six. So this is Trump rally, not this Saturday. We're covering that with Lee Valentine doing the hosting. She's in place for Graham Ledger. But President Trump will be in D.C. a week from Tuesday, the 26th of July. And he's first time he's back in D.C. since leaving the White House. So let's see what happens with all of this, because I expect more things to happen. A week now, it used to be like, you know, three months of, of uh, news. One week now, it's just, it's all, everything's getting, coming to surface, bubbling up. There's so much information coming out every day. Yeah, we can keep up, but it's incredible. I've never seen anything like this in my entire life. Let's go to uh, video three. There's no sound, so I'm going to talk over it. Well, look at that. Magic. The Pope's got a green screen magic. All the world's a stage. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. I guess he's not actually meeting the people, and nor is she really on site. And there's Sweden. Oh, yeah, you could be anywhere in the world. Green screens are awesome. Look at her. Oh, yeah, they're behind glass, aren't they? And look, they're in front of millions of people. And the whole thing's a green screen inside the Vatican. This this is incredible technology where technically they, they can claim they're alive, but they're not really there. They're in a studio somewhere. It could have been shot weeks before. That's what's insane. Love the technology, but it could be misleading. So you, people got to use your discernment, right? Let's bring on my co-host, Josh Reed. And Josh, the show is yours. Well, James, it's interesting to look at that green screen video because you know what's happening there. Do you remember that video of Pope Francis disappearing in the window? And everybody's like, what is this type of magic? Well, it was speculated that it was a green screen and it looks like it was a green screen. And that's one of the only things that would really explain what happened to the Pope there. Um, you covered some really good points. The other thing is Joe Biden is in Saudi Arabia today. And unlike Trump, who was met by the crown prince, Joe Biden was met by the deputy governor of Mecca. 
this is interesting. This is the, not a show of respect, but a show of disrespect. We know Joe Biden is out there trying to negotiate OPEC to lower the gas prices so that their tariffs on Russia will work and Russia will be forced to lower their gas prices, which will put them in a very precarious situation. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to work because there's new soundings that Saudi Arabia is looking to join the BRICS nations. Out of that as well, Egypt and Turkey. Now, Turkey joining the BRICS nations, this is crazy because Turkey is a NATO nation that is potentially considering joining the BRICS nations. Now, they were one of the only countries in NATO against Sweden and Finland joining NATO, and they were basically paid off with uh, F-16s and F-18s by the United States military, but I could see them doing the switcheroo on the United States. Now, going into this, let's go to image seven here, and this is a situation that I've been following for a long time. This is the Colorado River drought. If you guys don't know Lake Powell, Lake Mead, the Colorado River at, are at all-time highs due to a multi-decade drought that is going on. Now, one of the interesting things about this that people don't know, and I'm going to call this out here on American Media Periscope. This is probably never heard before information, okay? And the Walton family, this is the, the family that owns Walmart or used to own Walmart, okay? They have a philanthropy group, and I live in the state of Colorado, so I know this firsthand because I get to see the grants that they're getting. And so what happens is the Walmart family actually has massive philanthropy that is trying to help out the Colorado River. And they pump millions of dollars into it and receive millions upon millions of dollars of federal subsidies and funding and grants to help solve the Colorado River dilemma. Well, the problem with it, and I always looked at this meme, is you have the Colorado River. In the beginning side right here, you got the Walton family bottling water and sending it in the truckload over to Saudi Arabia and UAE. On the other side, you got them saying, I don't know what's going on here, but it seems like we got a drought and a water problem, and them receiving millions of dollars from the federal government. Do you see the problem? One side of the house, they're taking the water out of the Colorado River, they're utilizing it and selling it overseas and gaining billions of dollars of revenue from it. And this is being headed by the Walton family and their investments. On the other side, they're going out there getting grants and subsidies and tax breaks federal from the federal government pertaining to the saving the Colorado River due to the drought that's occurring. This is a massive, massive money laundering and fraud scheme that's being done by one of the wealthiest families on the planet. And I'm just breaking this here to you people here at American Media Periscope. This is something that I'm close to because I live in the state of Colorado. We're dependent upon that water from the Colorado River. And so Lake Powell is at three quarters down. Lake Mead is at three quarters down. They're finding bodies. They're finding ancient cities that have been buried under these things. This is absolute insanity. You know, during the 1970s and the 1980s, the Soviet proposed taking over the United States water supply and utilizing biological and chemical weapons in the water supply. But they realized it'd be incredibly difficult. But what if you could manipulate weather to the point where you could create a decades-long drought to basically drain the, the fresh water supply of the United States? I think that's exactly what's going on here. Now let's go to video number four and check this out. You have this kind of heat over major populations. You get a big draw on that electric demand. And it looks like we may have just switched over to generator power. Our lights just went out. 104 in Huntsville. It is excessive heat in College Station. We're expecting high temperatures tomorrow west of Houston to get back above 100. <laughs> Did it again? <laughs> 
All right. So our lights just went out. But I learned last time I'm still on live TV. So uh, there's the forecast. Our lights always go first and then we see uh, them cycle back on once we get our generator kicking back in here. But triple digit heat out to the west. Thank you. Let there be light. And there was light. Is the AC on, Melanie? That's the, that's the important thing right there. Oh, the irony with this. You know, just a few years ago, Texas had a major blackout during a rare winter storm that occurred. And now we're seeing these blackouts that are occurring throughout Texas due to the extreme heat conditions. It seems that the Texas power grid is still selling off excess electricity to other states and not utilizing it for themselves and not planning for excess heat or extreme weather. This is not a design flaw, but this is by design instead. This is one of the things that we have to talk about in the sense of the infrastructure here in the United States of America. It is under attack. Our energy grid, which is primarily uh, foundationally based upon Chinese goods and services, upon Chinese companies, as well as Chinese parts, is going to collapse at some point. We're seeing these massive attacks on our energy and infrastructure, on oil refineries, on our food supply distribution. And this is only going to get worse in the coming months as what I call the firestorm event begins to unfold. And so we have attacks on our water. We have attacks on our weather. We have attacks on our energy grid. We have attacks on our food supply chain. James, you were just talking right there about the railroad tracks that are on strike. We had the truckers on strike in Canada and the United States. United States truckers still can't cross over to Canada. Canadian truckers can't uh, go into the United States. This is a major problem that we're not going to see the ramifications for for another three to six months with the supply chain crisis. On top of this, we have the world fertilizer. It, this is, I know you've touched on this as well. 60 days ago, they said we had about 68 days left of the global supply, a, a, a situation that the, the world had not been in in over 40 years. And now we're coming up to this massive problem with our global supply chain with fertilizers around the world. And this is going to cause what we would consider to be a famine. Now, if you put all this together, supplies on uh, the attacks on infrastructure, the attacks on energy, the attacks on weather, the attacks on food, the attacks on distribution, supply chain, transportation. And now you add in what's coming next. All right. This is where it gets really, really interesting. Josh, you know on, that the Josh, hold, are, Josh hold, yeah. hold on for a minute before you go next. Before we go there, I want to jump back to the Colorado River drought. I got, I got a couple sure, questions for the it. audience and myself. All right. So you're, you're saying essentially one half of this operation from the Walton family is sending U U.S. water overseas? That's that absolutely right. They're bottling up U.S. water and sending it to the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Middle East. All right. So let me continue. How is this done? Is this done by railroad or by trucks to the ports? I believe it's done by rail and truck to the ports. The The most liable port there would be California. Yep. And so I'm only bringing it up because the railroads are striking on Monday, supposedly. But I wonder if these mm -hmm. oligarchs are actually going to run the railroads while the rest of the country is shut down. Yeah, I don't know. I even know that uh, from my sources that are familiar with it, they even fly in tankers that, that get the water in and out, to ship the water in and out. This, this is worse than Biden giving our strategic oil supply to, to China. This is unbelievable, this, this story you're breaking. Yep. All right, continue. Don't mind me. 
All right. Now, James, if we put all this together, if we put together the supply chain disruptions, the attacks on our infrastructure, attacks on our weather, the attack on our fresh water supply here in the United States, we know that things are going to start to get out of hand. We saw those videos of Italy, Germany. We saw all the protests that are going on globally. This is because they're being primarily affected right now by these things that have yet to hit the United States of America. Eventually, this is going to hit the United States of America and good people are going to start to wake up. We talked about it yesterday. What happens? when you wake up that one person who just wanted to be left alone? What happens when that one person who just wanted to be left alone gets affected by what's happening in the world, whether it's the vaccine adverse reactions, vaccine deaths, whether it's the, the fake virus, the restrictions on liberties and freedoms, or it's these other things that we're talking about in this firestorm event. Well, people are going to arm up. And this is the United States of America and Admiral y y Yamamoto in World War II said the only reason he never invaded the United States main homeland is because there would be an American citizen with two guns behind every blade of grass. And this is the truth. Well, guess what? They're coming for your guns. We got it right here. Let me pull it up real quick. Oh, I just had it. There it is. We have Representative David Sicilians. He's a uh, Democrat from Rhode Island. Assault weapons bill. This is H.R. 1808. The bill would ban the manufacture and sale. Are you ready for this? Build a manufacture and sale of at least 45 specific AR-15 rifles. This includes wow. Bushmaster ACR, Bushmaster Carbon 15, Bushmaster MOE series, Bushmaster XM15, Chapata Arms, M4 rifles, Colt match target rifles, core rifle systems, and the list goes on. Daniel's Defense, they're all in there, as well as they're going to target... AR-15 style pistols, including AR uh, AK-47 style rifles. These things are just rifles. They're semi-automatic rifles. There is nothing special about these rifles other than a ranch rifle 223, other than a 308, you know, a Browning 308. I got my Browning shirt on. A Browning 308, right? <laughs> There's nothing really different from these types of rifles from regular particular rifles, except for the look. That's it. They just look like a rifle. And now the federal government is going to move to ban the manufacture and sale of these rifles, James. This is outrageous. Totally outrageous. Government should never interfere with, with, with a, you know, the free marketplace, right? But they clearly are trying to control every aspect of our lives, going back to the mandates, masks, vaccines, travel, everything. And now guns, right? We can't defend ourselves anymore. And they certainly want to control our speech. And there's a lawsuit mm -hmm. out there in Missouri by the AG, which his name is Eric Schmidt, not related to the Google Schmidt. It's spelled differently. Eric Schmidt with double T instead of DT. He is sued successfully against the Biden administration. So it's Missouri et al., a bunch of other states versus Biden et al. includes, uh, I would assume, Fauci, uh, the, the director, Xavier of HHS, and others. They're going for discovery because it was a, a smear campaign against this, this information dozen last spring, attacking Bobby Kennedy Jr., attacking uh, Kevin Jenkins, Christian Northrup, and others, nine others. I wrote an article on today called People Versus Government Disinformation on a Collision Course. So the First Amendment's on assault. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When you come back, right after commercial break, we're going to have a nice Two-minute video of Sean Morgan, who was in Virginia Beach at the most recent Clay Clark event. We'll be right back with Sean Morgan. Government-induced inflation. 
taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit kirkelliotphd.com. Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. The Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024. Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, our next, our ne- to introduce our next presenter, we have Sean Morgan from Making Sense of the Madness, the Making Sense of the Madness show. So, Sean Morgan, come on down. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Clay. And, and God bless Clay and what he's doing here. So I have a show on American Media Periscope, and I've had the privilege, when she's not interviewing with Steve Bannon, to interview uh, a woman named Cynthia Hughes, who's about to come out on stage. And uh, come on here, Cynthia. She's very nervous, so she asked me to stay here by her side. She's never spoken in front of people before. And so she has been standing up for the January 6th detainees who are political prisoners and who have been tortured. Cynthia's own nephew has been detained, and she's taken on the mantle of responsibility to help the families of all January 6th detainees. And she's going to tell their story. She's going to tell her nephew's story. Uh, Cynthia, please tell us about your nephew and the Patriot Freedom Project. Thank you, Sean, and thank you, Clay, wherever you are. Good job, Sean. That was great. Thank you, James. It's great to be on your show. I love what you guys are doing. Yeah, go ahead, Josh. Ask, ask, fire away at Sean about J6. Go for it. 
Well, Sean, you know what, buddy? It's great to see you. I miss making sense of the madness. I got to host it late uh, earlier this week, but uh, you're doing a great job with that show. Miss being a collaborator in that show, but we're uh, we're doing this new thing, and it's awesome. And uh, much appreciated for Amp for all of that. But Sean, tell us about Cynthia and her story a little bit, and what's going on with this. She is the founder of Patriot Freedom Project, and uh, I was able to interview her twice. And she shares the story not only only of her own nephew who's been detained and has no due process and, and all of that. But she has been standing up for all of those wives who've been left behind and all those children with the loss of income, with their family members uh, detained indefinitely. Uh, you know, they can't make mortgage payments and car payments. And, and if it wasn't for donors out there, other patriots supporting them, uh, you know, they would be lost. And so we're looking forward. Cynthia and I are in talks uh, perhaps with uh, creating a documentary uh, about this. And, and there's a lot of movers and shakers who could be involved. I'm going to stay hush hush on that for now because it's it's not confirmed yet. But, uh, you know, it was great to be at Clay Clark's event and be able to meet so many people who are standing up. And, and there is a big movement going on. You know, I live in Brazil. So for me to get my boots on the ground and be able to actually see 2,000 patriots in the audience and dozens of influencers with massive reach and really understand how this information is being distilled and disseminated throughout our nation. I mean, uh, we're on to something great here and it's getting bigger and bigger every day. I agree 100%. You know, we have uh, Clay out there doing uh, wonderful work, bringing people together, bringing top of the line speakers out there to share their story and get this information out there. Um, pertaining to January 6th and what's happening, what are your thoughts on the revelations from, uh, I think it was Breibart or Gateway Pundit that, were, that published an article just the other day stating that the Democrats' October surprise potentially could be the arrest of Donald J. Trump? This doesn't surprise me too much. You know, uh, the way I got started in this whole business was analyzing the Q drops and everything. And, uh, you know, Q always said the first arrest will shock the world. And, uh, you know, we wonder, could it be George Soros, a kingpin of the deep state, a Hillary Clinton, a Barack Obama? We, we don't know. But, you know, flip it to the other side. It could be, uh, you know, something to wake up people that it's a patriot who's arrested for whatever reason, political persecution, whatever it is. If that is the case, I still believe it would be the art of war. It would be us playing weak when we're actually strong. And uh, you talked earlier about the sleeping giant that is the American citizens. You know, whatever it is that makes them decide to take things into their own hands, I think the military would probably step in and say, hey, we don't want a bunch of gun-wielding Americans to take things into their own hands. We'd rather, you know, supervise uh, a new election or something like that to stop that from happening. 100% right. agreed, it, and that was our assessment as well. Go ahead, James. Yeah, so uh, Waddle Savin and Trentis are actually launching a movie called Bloody Hill uh, about January 6th on Sunday, 107daily.com. I wanted to put that out there for the AMP audience. You're around Sunday. Go to visit one site, 107daily.com. So that said, I heard I just you know reported earlier in the show that the Secret Service has deleted all of its text messages related to January 6th. So the question for you, Sean, is I, I feel the FBI was somehow involved or their informants were in, in the false flag. Pelosi for sure. What about Secret Service? Weren't they, aren't yeah. they supposed to take care we of... We can't forget then Capitol President Police. You know, a, co a couple of those Capitol Police officers mysteriously committed suicide. And we don't believe yep. any suicide story right off the bat. People are suicided nowadays. 
but yeah, you know, and no text message is ever permanently deleted. You can't forget, uh, you know, that the National Security Agency and those wizards and warlocks, they have they have everything. So the, the, if the Secret Service think that they're getting one over on us, uh, it's not going to happen. We have a record of everything. Everything will come to light. It's just a matter of timing, really. And, uh, you know, I thought it was also interesting what AOC came out and said yesterday on camera. You know, she said that uh, the Capitol Police let people in the Capitol. Well, d that just destroyed the whole Democrat narrative, which is that this was yep. breaking and entering and trespassing. Well, if they were permitted inside by the authorities, it wasn't trespassing. Game over. Yeah, to me, it looked like a museum tour. Nothing more than that, right? Walking around the Metropolitan Museum. They stayed within or the, National the velvet ropes, James. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they didn't go, I mean, they didn't go uh, you know, that easy. They would stay within no. those velvet ropes. Right. They didn't attack a Van Gogh painting at the National Gallery. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, that's right. And you know what? The, the other thing about the January 6th is new video evidence that has been released shows these people that were not on the FBI wanted list walking up to the back doors. They're some of the only people in the halls of Congress at that time and going to the door to try to open it. They had the police in front of it and the door wouldn't open. You see them look up into the camera shake their head, someone else comes in, looks up to the camera, and all of a sudden the magnetic doors, which by the way, all the doors at the halls of Congress are magnetically sealed, which means they just have to push a button. They all lock down. All of a sudden this guy looks up to the camera, the magnetic doors open, and he forces them open by pulling them from the police officers. This guy was not on any of the FBI list, and why is he not being prosecuted by the J6 committee or by the FBI probably is because he was an FBI informant. He was an FBI agent working there and opening those doors, fighting against the Capitol police as an insurgent and allowing that to happen because this was one big setup for conservatives, for MAGA, for people who supported Donald Trump. And the truth will come out. Absolutely. And the Republicans are keeping the, they want to keep the January 6th committee open after they win the midterms so they can do a real investigation, release all the footage. And this is really going to give us all the revelations we're looking for. That's a great strategy because, you know, you can't pull off a false flag nowadays like you could back in the days of 9-11 and before because everyone has a cell phone. Everyone's rolling. There's so much footage everywhere. And now we've got open source intelligence, all of us citizen digital soldiers doing our own due diligence, and we're putting pieces together. I mean, when you were talking about that, Josh, the, the footage of that, that communication, it reminded me of when Ashley Biden, I mean, Ashley Biden, when, uh, when you know, you, when you had uh, Ashley Babbitt. The, the main, Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt, thank you. Ashley Babbitt was shot, and she, right before she was shot, she appeared to, uh, uh, you know, the shooter appeared to get a command over walkie-talkie to, to do something. You know, so we have that, hopefully, you know, have that record of what was said over that walkie-talkie. And if not, still, we're, we're putting all of those little pieces together to be able to find out what really happened. Yeah, 100% yeah, agree. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, you, you mentioned Ashley Babbitt there. Now, what's interesting is the gentleman who filmed the Ashley Babbitt shooting, who filmed basically all the 20 hours of footage that was utilized by the J6 committee was Mr. Sullivan. This is uh, Jaden uh, Jaden X, I believe his name is, who was affiliated with Antifa and so forth. One of the most interesting things about this, because Sean, you just mentioned the military before, and this is one part of my investigation, especially with the whole Q stuff, was that we had military brass and generals who were selling U.S. military secrets to China 
for a long, long time, for decades. Well, it just so happens that Jaden's father is former three-star general Kevin Sullivan, who used to be the head of the Defense Logistics Agency in Utah and was basically disgraced and forced into retirement in 2007 over a non-nuclear, semi-nuclear classified technology loss that occurred when Minuteman three nuclear triggers were sent to Taiwan, put on a boat, sent over to China, and then interdicted by the Chinese in- intelligence agency. The, the Minuteman three nuclear triggers were actually labeled helicopter batteries at the Defense Logistics Agency, and nine other generals also lost their position. And I believe that this is actually one of the first starts of the whole Q team, the whole Q movement was during this time. And I've laid this out on uh, redpills.tv before and how all this unravels. But interesting enough, I wanted to talk about the generals for a second, because if you haven't noticed, Donald Trump at every single one of his last four rallies has mentioned one name in particular. And this is General Dan Kane or Raisin Kane. Does anybody know who this guy is? Because he is a very, very special person in the United States military. And Donald Trump is, I think, taunting the deep state with General Kane, who is now the liaison for special operations at the Central Intelligence Agency and also oversaw all special operators in Afghanistan and the Middle East during uh, Trump's uh, presidency as well as was the head of Fort Bragg and uh, all special operating special operations commands in the United States, as well as, and this was the crazy thing, the one person, the director who oversaw all special access programs under Donald Trump. Now, isn't that interesting? That is a man to investigate and look into because Donald Trump is taunting the deep state with this guy. You had mentioned that, Sean, and I just wanted to get that out there because I do think that there's potentially a military plan and that, the deep state is petrified of them because not only do we have the evidence then, but we're gathering the evidence now. And I do believe that there are Pfizer warrants and special access programs that are spying on the deep state right now and collecting all this information that we need for prosecution. Well, certainly special operations is very important. Uh, the fact that this guy is a liaison for special operations is significant because if the military was to make a move like what we've been describing, who do you think would be the ones doing it? It would be special operations, which Donald Trump elevated to its own branch of the military. Everyone in Trump's, from Trump's transition team to the acting secretary of defense to, to Ezra Cohen Watnick, uh, the protege of uh, Michael Flynn. I mean, these are all special operations like gurus of gurus. I mean, they are just, they know it inside and out. They're actually have been in the field doing this. And so, you know, that's where Patel Patriot's research on devolution really gets interesting when you start realizing that these special ops experts have been designing some kind of uh, counter plan to the deep state and and, and executing it. Uh, And to go back to uh, Jaden X, this guy, uh, his real name's last name Sullivan, he was, uh, you know, definitely associated with Antifa and BLM sold his footage to CNN, went on InfoWars of all places also, and he just happened to be in the right place at the right time, or is this guy getting inside Intel? And uh, and then as soon as the war in Ukraine breaks out, guess who gets all of the inside on-the-ground footage in Ukraine? Uh, This guy started reporting, once again, getting all of the footage just at the right time. Uh, So he seems to be a a special little uh, deep state asset for the millennials because he's a young guy and he he puts it out in in an interesting way. 100%. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to come back. 
I want to talk to Sean about Brazil. What's going on in Argentina, South America, protests. And we're going to talk about the Georgia Guidestones. We'll be right back with Sean Morgan and Josh Reed. Hi, I'm my Patriot Supply. Preparedness is my thing. Our most popular kit sold out in just three days. Well, that's great, but you're a preparedness company. A marketing company. A preparedness company. Shouldn't you have been a little better prepared? <laughs> one day, my friend. One day. One day what? Soon you'll learn that one of the best tactics in marketing is scarcity. There's no better sales trick. But you're a preparedness Marketing. Company. Okay, a marketing company in a preparedness business who openly advertises how many times you haven't been prepared. It's the very definition of irony. When you're as popular as we are, you sell out. Don't worry, one day you'll sell out too. No, we won't, because we're a real preparedness company and we take nothing more serious than having things in stock. We're reliable, and that's why My Patriot Supply is the industry leader in emergency preparedness. <sighs> True genius is never recognized in its time. Sean, Europe has come apart at scenes of protests everywhere. We've seen the fall of Boris Johnson, uh, the town PM's next. Eventually, it's going to be Macron, and eventually, it's going to be Trudeau. They're all going down. G7 is going to be basically G0 when this is all over. So the question is, what's going on in Brazil, Argentina, South America? Are people going through the same problems that they're going in Europe and eventually the United States? Well, I live in Brazil. I live in Sao Paulo State, and people certainly have been squeezed over the. I mean, we were already in an economic crisis in Brazil before COVID and the pandemic, and then people weren't allowed to, you know, go to work or to run their business. Everything was shut down, so they were really squeezed a lot. Inflation's been very high, also. So the costs of just uh, eating, and uh, I mean, a lot of people don't even have cars here, so they're not even affected by the gas prices if you're really poor. So people have been squeezed, but luckily we do have a nationalist president, uh, Jair Bolsonaro, and he's doing what he can right now to fight inflation. He's taken off all of the import taxes from energy and from beef and rice and beans and the main things that people eat and use here to try to just... Uh, soften the blow of inflation that's affecting everyone worldwide. Luckily, Sao Paulo is basically the economic capital of South America, so it, we have a pretty good economy here. But in other places in South America and other places in Brazil also, people are just really suffering from the economic hardship. Uh, but I still believe that Brazil has more resilience than the United States, uh, partially just because people are, were already used to an economic crisis before this happened. They're used to rolling blackouts. They're used to uh, water and energy shortages. So when it happens, they're, they're going to have a plan. They're going to know how to deal with it. But also, you know, it, it's just that uh, we, we make our own stuff in Brazil. We have our own manufacturing base. You know, we export to China. <laughs> you know, so, so it's a different type of uh, situation uh, in, in Brazil. Uh, but yeah, you know, I think that Brazil being part of BRICS uh, is also another factor. The fact that uh, if the dollar collapses, uh, I think that Brazil and the other BRIC countries uh, will be more able to weather that storm. Yeah, and, and the BRICS for the people is Brazil, Russia, India, China, right? Oh, S is for South Africa, but S Africa? Is, it might also now be for Saudi Arabia. 
So it's really seeing yeah, a Turkey. splintering. Yeah, go Turkey ahead, Turkey. Egypt yep, and Saudi Arabia today said they want to join BRICS. This, these are huge economies. You know, like Turkey yep, is one of the biggest economies in the Middle East. Uh, you know, Saudi Arabia has most of the world's oil reserves. So, so this is just adding a lot of value to that alliance. Yes, go ahead, Josh. Well, you know what? The, the World Economic Forum in 2019 published an article called The New Silk Road and how the New Silk Road would be implemented across China, the Middle East, the Europe would be basically global collaboration, public-private partnerships with governments and corporations and the integration of the new monetary policies that they were integrating. What's interesting is since the Russian uh, special operation in Ukraine, we've seen China and Russia kind of collaborate together. Sean, if you remember this, I saw I was talking about this back on Making Sense of the Madness probably two years ago when I said China is now rogue from the deep state and everybody's like, no, he's, no, no, they're not. I'm like, they are. And sure enough, we're seeing it right now, China and Russia, the other BRICS nations coming up and fighting against the oligarchical controlled new world order to develop what I would consider they're using the same game plan as the World Economic Forum had laid out for Agenda 2030 to implement the new world order. These nation states want a nation state derived new world order where the states retain their individual sovereignty, the leaders retain their uh, power, and they can still have a collaborative environment. So what they've done is they've taken the same ideas, principles, and uh, methodology and started implementing it themselves. And this is why the BRICS nations are out there developing their own global reserve currency. This is why they're developing trade routes and trading partnerships amongst themselves. And the tariffs, it doesn't matter what any Western nation does. The tariffs aren't going to matter. You're right. Turkey, which is a NATO nation, is most likely probably going to leave NATO, be one of the first ever to do so. They were in contention against Finland and Sweden joining. They were Their hands were forced. They're given some planes by the United States. But I think we're going to see them join the BRICS nation. And what we'll see come out of this as well is a BRICS military alliance. That is probably going to come about if Saudi Arabia and uh, Turkey do join the BRICS nations. What's your guys' thoughts on that, that a military alliance could actually evolve out of this? Yeah, you already have China and Russia, two of the world's largest militaries. And then Turkey and Saudi Arabia have formidable militaries as well. And for them to be joining, I, I mean, of course, after an economic partnership, the next logical a type of partnership would be strategic military. So, uh, yes, I think it's a foregone conclusion that the BRICS is also a military alliance. We're reliving World War II, Axis versus Allies. Now it seems like everything's been flipped, where it's actually the U.S. and Japan and South Korea and Australia and Canada that's actually the bad guys. For now, temporarily, you know, we got to get rid of these deep state actors at the top the Bidens and the Trudeaus and, and so forth. And once you topple them, then, you know, everything changes and we can go back to sovereignty for each country. I agree. I agree. And I think what we're going to see is we, we might even see this get kinetic here in the near future. China and Russia being two global superpowers that are organizing together 
right now is uh, not a very, very good thing, especially when they're running operations just outside the South uh, China Sea and in the Sea of Japan. Uh, we know that uh, Shinzo Abe was just assassinated. We saw the back channel chatter that was occurring um, with uh, the Chinese Communist Party, where one of these people was on a back channel 17 hours before the assassination, saying that they'd gotten close to the former uh, prime minister and that they can go ahead with the plan. And China was in uproar and celebration after Shinzo Abe was uh, assassinated. And we got to look at the strategic aspect of this. You know, Hillary Clinton took out Christopher Sign after Donald Trump was removed from the presidency. That was in June of 2021. Um, and this is what the Chinese Communist Party does is they're going to start taking out everybody that they perceive to be a threat or anybody who backstabbed them or was in their way before. And they're going to do it through assassination. And now we just saw the Italian prime minister, uh, Ghazari, he, he went ahead and resigned. We had Boris Johnson last week. So we're seeing this battle go back and forth between these Western nations and these BRICS nations. And we're seeing this really World War III spill out into the streets, which is first a socioeconomic war, a cultural war, has now turned into a clandestine war. And eventually, I believe, will turn kinetic right after a global financial collapse. I just wanted to mention something that Egypt brings to the table because they want to join too. And we've been talking a, a Turkey and Saudi Arabia. They they're, have a lot of resources. They have a high pop. Well, Turkey has a very high population, big military and everything. But Egypt controls the Suez Canal, right? That's very strategic. All the oil that goes through that canal is one of the most important, uh, you know, shipping lanes in, in the world. And then recently Russia uh, got an allowance from Nicaragua to send and train troops over in Central America where the Panama Canal is. So, you know, this is really shaping up to different parties. Even Russia, with their move into Ukraine, is now controlling, you know, the Black Sea and, and everything. So uh, this is really going to be interesting to see where the lines are drawn. No I, question I agree. About it. Yeah. Go, Go ahead, ahead, James. Josh, then we'll, then we'll take a break. Go ahead. Okay. Well, what I was going to say is if you remember from last year, that Turkish news station that's reported on a special military operation between Turkey, Egypt, Saudi Arabia and Israel, uh, where they went into the uh, and uh, basically they boarded that one ship, the Evergreen, uh, the Evergreen ship. I think it was uh, I forgot the name of it, but the the Evergreen ship that was stuck in the Suez Canal. Remember, they boarded that and they said they would have taken out a special weapon that the globalists were going to use to exasperate climate change globally. This was on the mainstream news in Turkey. And guess who those nations were? Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Turkey, and Israel. And now we see three or four of those nations talking about joining BRICS, which we know moved to a military alliance. This was against the Western nations. I don't think this is a coincidence at all. No, I'm agreeing with both of you. Let's take a last commercial break. We're going to come back. I want to talk about has the overt war, war turned overt with Sean Morgan when we come right back. Stand out from the status quo. Let them know you're a patriot with the Patriot Pin. We feature an entire line of 14 karat gold plated pins starting at 445. Challenge coins, only $17.45 each. And decals, only $6.45 each. Order now and get a free gift at thepatriotpin.com.
On July 6th, the Georgia Guidestones were struck four in the morning by a directed energy weapon or a drone or something to that effect. Amazing, right? To me, in my opinion, that is the beginning of the covert going to overt war. You throw, you throw in the same week, the fall of Sri Lanka, the fall of the Armenian go- government, you throw in Boris Johnson, now Italy, protests of Dutch farms and everything else. Sean, what's your thought in the last couple of weeks of maybe the, the Guidestones being like the starting gun for, for a different kind of warfare that we've seen the last 30 months? I actually do think that symbolism is important. Sure, it was a real site and it really was destroyed, but it was a symbol more than anything else. It was a symbol of the deep state's uh, population control agenda and how they they believe that they can flaunt that symbolism in our faces and that that, uh, we just have to deal with it. Well, you know, someone somewhere uh, decided that, no, that's not going to stand anymore. And that's symbolic of of the shift that's occurred. We've all felt the shift from uh, feeling like we're on defense to now we feel like we're on offense. Something I feel like a lot of people aren't talking about that relates to the BRICS alliance uh, versus the traditional U.S. allies uh, is this whole idea that both Russia and China have gone to the U.N. Security Council and accused the United States of biowarfare in Ukraine biolabs. And so this is the kind of thing that they're accusing, you know, the, the world's biggest military of violating international treaty. And if, you know, this is a showdown, basically, and we're going to find out who who becomes the scapegoat for COVID. Is it going to be China or is it going to be the U.S.? Uh, or is there going to be some type of kinetic uh, kind of result as one side tries to blame the other and tries to seek reparations or what have you? Because remember, Trump said that China owes us, what was it, $7 trillion uh, for yep. COVID, basically saying it was biowarfare and it was their fault. And now, Russia and China saying, hey, look what's going on in Ukraine. Well, the Hunter Biden funded bio labs and, and, and targeting Slavic people is basically accusing the deep state and DNC and, and Fauci and all the rest of doing what we know they're all about, which is this population control and, and killing people and, and, and targeting people. So uh, this is this is a showdown. And I'm waiting for, you know, the official pr- proceedings of the UN Security Council to see what the next move is. Interesting. Go ahead, Josh. Well, James and Sean, you know what? You're right. This is going to get kinetic. I do believe it's moving towards that. I think that the United Nations after this is all said and done will be done completely, will be dissolved. I think what we're seeing right now is a completely new global order being created by these BRICS nations who do not want an oligarchical control, techno-fascist new world order to where we have a dystopian Orwellian future that occurs here on this planet. What this world order is going to look like, I don't know, but people do have to pay for their crimes. And you know what? Our government is complicit. The United States government, the Western governments, European, Australian, they're all complicit in this. And and you know what? China and Russia are not innocent in any of this. And all these governments are going to have to be held responsible by their people. And that's the key here is the people. It's time for the people to rise up, to speak up, to go out there, stand up and do something that you've never done before and speak loud and proud about what is happening right now, about who you are as American, your freedom loving 
patriotism. Go out there and let people know that you support President Donald Trump, that there's treason happening within our government, and that we can no longer support any of these politicians, left or right, because guess what? They're all complicit. And if they're not complicit, wait till they get in the swamp. They'll be corrupted eventually. They all are, no matter who they are. Everybody but Donald Trump, and that's why he was ousted from his position, and that's why we're in the state of affairs right now. But I do believe that you can't tell the people. You have to show them. And what we are being shown right now is just how bad it really is. And this is coming to a precipice moment to where the people will have to rise up. The people will have to fight back. And I'm not for violence. I'm not calling for a revolution. But there is going to be a revolution of mind, innovation, and ideas of American citizens taking back their country, hopefully through constitutional means, which means a constitutional convention of ending the federal charter, states banding together, reorganizing the Constitution amongst those states that agree to it with a two-thirds majority and the people succeeding in holding this government, basically holding this government responsible and prosecuting these people for their crimes. Sean, i got about two minutes left. The show's yours. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to comment that since World War II, we've been living in a U.S. dollar-dominated system worldwide where you know we we bomb someone in in Iraq if if they try to link their resources to gold or Libya or what have you so you know i say we but it's been the deep state that's been doing these things it's not we the people so that that's coming to an end you know and and, and the dollar denominated federal reserve uh, banking cartel you know they're behind this and they don't like what the bricks are doing you know because where where's the value in the BRICS. Well, the value is from Russia being one of the world's largest producer of, you know, enriched uranium and natural gas and oil and Saudi Arabia's oil and South Africa's gold and Brazil's beef and, and, and food and all of these things. It's the real stuff with the real value. So my question to you, James, the, the host of the show is, if Trump comes back, uh, do you think, well, when Trump comes back, do you think that joining BRICS would be a pretty nice option if, if they're choosing to back their reserve currency by gold or something like that? Uh, it, it would be a nice club to join. What do, you, what do you think, James? Why not? Right? It was all about sovereignty, freedom. I think all those countries want freedom, technically. I know that so might sound really bizarre, right? Russia's got its communist past, right? All of that. China's still got communism. But I believe there's a split in the Chinese Communist Party of 90 million. There's a, there's a very dark evil side and there's a very humanitarian side. And I think the pressure from the people protesting, not paying their mortgages and protesting the streets of, of Wuhan the other day, sitting down in front of traffic, I think things are changing in China. And we're going to see some very big geopolitical fault lines cracking wide open. Oh, anyways, uh, Sean and Josh, thank you very much. Both of you have a great weekend. We appreciate it here. Monday, I got a special guest, Amon Bundy. We're going to get into all of the deep state annex. We're going to rock and roll. Everyone have a great weekend. We will keep you informed. Keep watching us on Make Sense of the Madness, on Unrestricted Truths, and DEFCON 5.